encouraged by some young people that uh, are willing to uh, just step forward and, and be used and, uh, and serve the Lord. Isn't that, isn't that encouraging? Isn't that a blessing? Uh, I guess I need to turn myself on here. So, got it. I make it hard on these guys uh, here. I preached up in Utah, and after I got, uh, got finished, I, uh, I finished the message, got through the end of it, and uh, I was going to turn my microphone off, and it was already off. And so, uh, don't know, don't know what, that, uh, what that did, but we had fun preaching anyway. Uh, look in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 tonight, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, and uh, we're going to uh, just prepare here a little bit for our Lord's Supper service, very special time in the life of a church, and uh, here at, at Valley Bible Baptist, we, we practice closed communion, and I'll, I'll deal a little bit with that this evening, uh, I believe it's a local church ordinance, and uh, let, me, let me just say, Valley Bible Baptist, uh, I, I love you, church, I'm, I'm so blessed uh, to, uh, to be able to be right here in Española, and uh, just such a blessing, I think often of what Paul, uh, the apostle, expressed to the church at Philippi. And Paul said, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you always and every prayer of mine for you all making requests with joy. And then he, he mentions their fellowship and the gospel from the first day until, until now. And uh, I, look, I look at the, the folks here, Valley Bible Baptist, I can remember the first time that I met most of you, and uh, some of you just knocking doors, and some of you uh, witnessing as you bowed your knee uh, right, by, right by your couch or wherever it was and received Jesus Christ as your Savior, and then uh, others of you just uh, witnessing as uh, God brought you here, and it's the Lord that builds the church, and uh, church is a, a precious, precious thing and a precious place, and uh, don't ever take life or for granted the, the local church that God has given to us. Uh, we heard testimony just this week of uh, all across the nation, churches today without pastors and uh, churches that are closing doors and churches that one time uh, stood firm and had a, had a great impact, but uh, uh, many of those churches uh, struggling. And so uh, Valley Bible Baptist, uh, God is good to us and he's given us good folks and grateful for you. I love you and pray for you. And I, I know you pray for me. And uh, so I appreciate that, your prayers for my family and uh, for myself. And, and we need prayer. Uh, my, my family, they're ornery, amen, and, and uh, uh, they need prayer, and uh, we need prayer, and uh, need the Lord, and uh, I'm just, just blessed. And I want to say thank you, Valley Bible Baptist, for all that you are and all that you do. Uh, let's stand here tonight, 1 Corinthians chapter 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, we're going to pick up here in verse number 23, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse number 23. And uh, dealing with the Lord's Supper, I just uh, wanted to lay a little bit of a foundation in preparation uh, for Tuesday night, uh, this coming Tuesday, and uh, this special time in the life of, of a local church. Uh, beginning at verse number 23, 1 Corinthians 11, uh, Paul said, I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you. That the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he brake it and said, Take eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup, and when he had supped, saying, This cup is the new testament in my blood. Now this do ye as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread... And during, drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. 
Uh, But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord, that we should not be condemned with the world. Wherefore, my brethren, when you come together to eat, tarry one for another. And if any man hunger, let him eat at home, that you come not together unto condemnation. And the rest will I set in order when I come. And we're just going to look at the Lord's table, the Lord's supper this evening, just some aspects as we work our way, just kind of through some verses of this particular chapter this evening. Join me. Let's go to the Lord and ask his help, his guidance tonight. We we look to him. We need him always. Every time we meet together, we need the Lord. We, we need him to teach us, to speak unto us, and to uplift his self in our lives. Father, thank you tonight for Valley Bible Baptist, your church, and Lord, the church that you loved and gave your blood for. And uh, Lord, thank you uh, just for the the wonderful privilege and blessing of a church. And I thank you also for the Lord's Supper, the Lord's table that you've given us as a church to observe. And I pray as we come together on this uh, this coming Tuesday evening uh, that, uh, God, you would uh, minister here in our midst. And Lord, that you would use this time and uh, that this time would be a time of heart searching. It would be a time of of, uh, just a restoration, a time, Lord, where you uh, would take us back to the sacrifice that you've given. And Lord, tonight, I pray that you would teach us and meet with us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And you may be seated. And I want you to kind of keep your place here in chapter 11. But I want to give a a little bit of the context so that uh, we can see and much of this relates uh, to what we will deal with concerning the Lord's table tonight. If you go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, And uh, just gain the context of the Word of God. If you have been through Brother Wilkins' material on the uh, the uh, what we would call the milk of the Word, uh, book number one, uh, Brother Wilkins deals with uh, Bible interpretation and how you look at the Word of God. You gain the context of the Word of God. To whom is he speaking, and what is he speaking about, and uh, when was he speaking? You gain the context of of God's Word. And as we look at uh, 1 Corinthians chapter one. Uh, Here is the statement, Paul called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God and Sosthenes, our brother. Notice this, unto the church of God, which is at Corinth. And Paul's writing this letter to a local church. He says, to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints with all that in every place call upon the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, both theirs and ours. So he's writing to a specific local church, uh, to this church in Corinth. Now, as you look through the, the book of 1 Corinthians, it's evident that this church had several problems, and we've stated it many times. You ever find a perfect church, don't, don't join it, uh, because you're going to mess it up. Uh, every one of us are sinners. We're sinful people, sinful beings. And uh, you put people together, and we have issues. Uh, every home is going to have issues. Every husband and wife will have issues. They work through uh, children, wives. Uh, all uh, will go through these things. And so it is in the local church. You notice of this church, look in chapter 1, verse number 10. Uh, There were issues. This church had problems. In verse number 10, I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, that there be no divisions among you, uh, but uh, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. Paul says, for it had 
been declared unto you, uh, or unto me of you, my brethren, by them which are of the house of Chloe, that there are contentions among you. And so there were some divisions, contentions, some problems in this church. You go to chapter 3, and again, Paul reiterates this thought. Chapter 3, verse number 1. He says, and I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual. Remember, he's, he's writing to a church, a local church. But as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ, I have fed you with milk and not with meat. For hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither yet now are ye able, for ye are yet carnal. For whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men? So he's speaking to this church, and there were divisions, car carnalities, uh, a walking in the flesh. Um, he mentions in verse 4, While one saith, I am of Paul, another I am of Apollos, are you not carnal? And so he's, he's dealing with divisions in the church. You go to chapter 5. In chapter 5, there was open, rampant sin in this church. He says in verse number 1, It is reported commonly that there is fornication among you. This is within this church. Such fornication as is not so much as named among the Gentiles, that one should have his father's wife. And so it seems evident that uh, one man within this church was living together in a sinful relationship with his stepmother. You'll notice in verse number 11, he says, But now I have written unto you, not to keep company, if any man that is called a brother be a fornicator, or covetous, or an idolater, or a railer, or a drunkard, or an extortioner, with such an one know not to eat. And he's dealing in this context with this church of church discipline. He says, basically, you're to give such an one over to Satan. You're to allow Satan to deal with them. If this one is not willing to repent and make this right, he needs to be dealt with. And he says, with such an one know not to eat. And again, the context is the local church. We go to chapter 6, and we begin here in verse number 1. He says, Dare any of you, having a matter against another, go to law before the unjust and not before the saints? Uh, do you not know that the saints shall judge the world? And if the world shall be judged by you, are you unworthy to judge the smallest matters? Know you not that we shall judge angels? How much more things that pertain to this life? If, ye, if then ye have uh, judgments of things pertaining to this life, set them to judge who are the least esteemed in the church. And he's rebuking this church because within this church, evidently there were members that uh, were having oughts with each other and they were going to court of law to settle these. And he said this ought not to be within the local church. You can settle this uh, within that local church, within that context. Uh, we go to chapter 8. In chapter 8. Uh, there were some problems concerning idolatry. In verse number 1, now is touching things offered to idols. Uh, we know that we all have knowledge. Knowledge puffeth up, but charity edifieth. And he says, if any man think, uh, any man think that he knoweth anything, he knoweth nothing, yet as he ought to know. And he says, if any man love God, the same is known of him. As concerning, therefore, the eating of those things that are offered in sacrifice unto idols. We know that an idol is nothing in the world, and that there is none other God but one. And he's speaking here to some within the church. They had come to recognize that an idol was nothing. They had no problem with eating that which was sacrificed to idols. But in doing so, they were hindering Weaker brothers. And Paul said, you ought to walk not in knowledge, but in charity one toward another. He states in verse 13 of chapter 8, Wherefore, if meat make my brother to offend, I will eat no flesh while the world standeth, lest I make my brother to offend. 
Uh, We look in chapters 12 through 14, and he's dealing with an abuse of spiritual gifts. Now, these were all problems within the local church of Corinth. Now, we come to chapter 11 uh, this evening. This is going to be our focus. In chapter 11, there were some issues with the Lord's Supper uh, and the observance of the Lord's Supper within that church that Paul had to set in order. Now, I want to notice a, a couple of things here tonight just in laying this foundation uh, look in chapter 11 and verse number 1. And Paul says, Be ye therefore, or be ye followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. And Paul was able to say in another verse, Follow me as I follow Christ. And, and then he says, Now I praise you, brethren, that you remember me in all things. And notice the statement, Keep the ordinances as I delivered them to you. The ordinances. And Paul deals with the ordinances of the local church. As my conviction, there are two ordinances of the local church. There is that of baptism and that of the Lord's Supper. And both are local church ordinances. Uh, Observance is commanded and it's an established rite or ceremony. Uh, Neither one have any saving uh, power within them. Both are pictures or types or give a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, For example, baptism pictures the death, the burial, the resurrection of Christ. In the baptismal waters, there is absolutely no saving power. This water cannot wash away your sin. Only the blood of Christ can wash that sin. Uh, But the baptismal waters pictures what happened in your life when you trusted Jesus Christ. Uh, Through your faith in Christ, uh, you were buried with Christ. Uh, You died to your old life. And you've now been raised to walk in a new life. And every time somebody is baptized, the gospel is preached. The death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ. And now of the Lord's Supper, the Lord's Supper pictures the shed blood and the broken body of Jesus. Uh, Example, you'll notice in verse number 24, the latter part, he states, this do in remembrance of me. No saving power. And then of the blood that was shed and of the cup, he says, as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. And then in verse number 26, the latter part, he says, for you do show the Lord's death until he come. And so the the Lord's Supper is a picture of the shed blood and the broken body of the Lord Jesus Christ. As my conviction as I study the Word of God that the authority for the observance of these ordinances is the local church. Uh, Matthew chapter 28 of baptism. Uh, Jesus said, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And he's given this to his disciples and to this body, to this local church, and we'll find the application of that in Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost. Uh, 3,000 received the word of God as the gospel was preached. Uh, They came to saving faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, The Bible says those that received the Lord uh, were baptized, and the same day there was added unto them about 3,000 souls. And so uh, they were added to the local church. They were saved that day, and after their salvation, they obeyed the Lord in scriptural baptism. They became a part of that church, and that ordinance of baptism was very crucial. Uh, With baptism, we need a proper candidate. 
It's somebody that is saved. We need a proper method. And that proper method is by submersion. It's through submersion that the gospel is preached. Uh, we need the purpose, obedience unto the Lord. But there is the proper authority. And the authority of scriptural baptism is the local church. Uh, now we have available, and I would encourage you, any questions about this? Uh, Brother Wilkins, excellent book, Questions about baptism. And there'll be a whole different uh, message. I would encourage you to pick that up and you can read that. I'll answer a lot of questions concerning baptism. Uh, now, the Lord's Supper, and this will be our focus this evening. Again, it's a local church ordinance. And my conviction for the membership and under the guidance of the local church. Uh, Paul's writing to the church of Corinth. Now, baptism preserves the doctrinal integrity of the church. Uh, I believe that baptism and the baptismal waters very crucial. Uh, Valley Bible Baptist, we will not receive alien immersion. We receive uh, that immersion which would agree in doctrine with Valley Bible Baptist Church into membership of this church. And I believe that's crucial. It's essential. Uh, and the Lord's Supper, I believe it preserves the moral integrity of the church. And as we deal with the Lord's Supper this evening, you will find that God gives this to a local church to purify the local church. It's very crucial, an important ordinance of the church, an important time in the life of the local church. And I have seen through this ordinance, God, where great revival, hearts are changed, lives changed. We've had souls saved. Uh, we've had people submit to baptism. Uh, we've had people get things right with others. Uh, we've had people, uh, entire lives changed through the ordinance of the, uh, of the Lord's Supper. And God uses this as a purifying aspect within the local church. Now let's look at, at some thoughts tonight concerning the Lord's Supper that Paul sets forth for us this evening. Uh, there's a, a look in the Lord's Supper at the past. Uh, pick up with me chapter 11, verse number 23. Uh, and you'll see this look at the past. As we come together on Tuesday night... Paul says, I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he brake it and said, Take ye, this is my body which is broken for you. And this statement again, This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also, he took the cup, and when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. When we observe the Lord's Supper on Tuesday night, we are going to take a look back. The same night in which he was betrayed. Now go back with me to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter number 26. Matthew chapter 26. And uh, we have here the, the reference or the scripture to which Paul refers, uh, the night of the crucifixion or the night of the betrayal, the night in, in which Jesus was betrayed and, and uh, then condemned that night to die uh, by the Sanhedrin. In uh, Matthew 26, verse number 20, Matthew 26, verse 20, reads, Now when even was come... He sat down with the twelve, and as they did eat, he said, Verily I say unto you, that one of you shall betray me. 
And they were exceeding sorrowful and began every one of them to say unto him, Lord, is it I? And he answered and said, He that dippeth his hand with me in the dish, the same shall betray me. The Son of Man goeth as it is written of him, but woe unto that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It had been good for that man if he had not been born. Then Judas, which betrayed him, answered and said, Master, is it I? And he said unto him, Thou hast said. So we speak of this night of the betrayal, and there's no doubt as you read the Bible, Jesus loved Judas. Uh, you can read of that love. For three and a half years, Jesus taught Judas. At any point, Jesus would have saved Judas. It's very evident Judas was never saved. He heard Jesus preach. He witnessed the miracles of Jesus. He was with Jesus day and night. Uh, but G Judas rejected the message of Jesus Christ. Uh, it's evident in the Gospel of John chapter 6, Jesus stated, one of you is a devil. And he referred to Judas Iscariot that would betray him. And for 30 pieces of silver, Judas betrayed Jesus. Uh, Judas uh, took Jesus, condemned him, took the Roman soldiers to Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane where Jesus was arrested. And so as we come together on Tuesday night, we're remembering back to that night when Jesus was betrayed. And as we read on in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 26, in verse number 26, he speaks of the broken body. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave to the disciples and said, Take eat, this is my body. Now again, he said, this do in remembrance of me. There are some that teach that literally uh, the body, the Eucharist, uh, becomes the literal body of Jesus Christ. Uh, that is contrary to the Word of God. Jesus in the book of Hebrews was sacrificed once and for all. Uh, to claim that it would become the literal body of Jesus again would be to re-sacrifice Jesus. It would be to claim that the death of Jesus upon the cross was not sufficient. But you remember from the cross Jesus called, it is finished. Uh, the price was paid in full. Uh, Jesus Christ was given an unfair trial. He was beaten uh, by the Jews. He was taken to Pilate. He was scourged and the cat of nine tails ripped into his back. The skin and flesh ripped from the back of Jesus Christ. Uh, the beard was plucked. The crown of thorns was placed upon his head and Jesus Christ was nailed to the cross. As he was nailed to the cross, our sin was placed upon Jesus. Uh, Jesus, this perfect Lamb of God, was made to be sin for us. The wrath of God was poured upon Jesus Christ as He died there upon the cross. He cried from the cross, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And here for the first time in all the history of the world, uh, God turned, God the Father turned His back upon God the Son because of my sin and because of your sin. My Jesus, His body was broken. And so when we come together on Tuesday night, we remember the broken body of the Lord Jesus. You read on Matthew chapter 26 and verse number 27. It says, He took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of it. For this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission 
of sins. We speak of the shed blood. So in remembrance on Tuesday night of the shed blood of Christ. Now, As you study the word of God, there is a trail of blood. This Bible is a bloody Bible. Uh, the Bible says without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. You follow this trail of blood, you can go all the way to the Garden of Eden. It was in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve sinned against God. It was the Lord God Himself that came into the garden in the midst of the, uh, in the evening. Adam, he said, where art thou? Adam and Eve hiding from God guilt and shame for their rebellion. Uh, as you read on in Genesis chapter 3, it's evident that the Lord God took the blood of innocent lambs. There was a blood sacrifice and Adam and Eve were covered with the skin of those lambs. It was the covering, the picture of Jesus. Uh, we read in Genesis 4, the blood sacrifice of Abel. Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. Uh, the sacrifice of Abel was a blood sacrifice looking forward in faith to the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, during the establishment of the law, uh, we read the blood of bulls and goats offered as a covering for sin. These were only pictures. They were only types of the coming Savior. Exodus chapter 12, Exodus chapter 13, we have the Passover lamb. Uh, we have the wrath of God passing through the land of Egypt. Uh, but God had given the ordinance, the command to his children. They were to take a lamb. They were to place that lamb, to slay that lamb, to take the blood from that lamb, and to apply the blood of that lamb to the doorposts. And it was a picture of the cross. It was a picture of the lamb of God, the perfect, holy lamb of God that would go to the cross, all of it pointing to Christ, the holy one. The unblemished one, the perfect one, the sinless one, the sacrifice for each of us, the Lamb of God slain from the foundation of the world. Uh, John the Baptist, looking at Jesus Christ, pointed and said, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. It was through that blood sacrifice that our sin has been propitiated. It's been covered. It's been forgiven. Romans chapter 5, verses 7 through 9. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commended this love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. See, uh, through faith in the shed blood of Jesus, my sins are forgiven. I am justified in the eyes of God just as if I've never sinned, given the gift of eternal life. Tuesday night, we'll take a look at the past. It's a backward look. Uh, Valley Bible Baptist, as we observe the Lord's Supper, we do so in remembrance of the broken body, in remembrance of the shed blood. Let us never take that for granted. Let us never get so used to this gospel that we forget what price has been paid for us. Let us always with grateful hearts remember what Jesus has done for us. It's good to remember. It's good to look back. As we come together, go with me again to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. There's a look at the past, or we would say a backward look. But there's a look at the present we might call this an inward look. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, 
Uh, we read here beginning in verse number 27. As, he, as he's described, as we come together, we do so in remembrance. And then Paul says, Wherefore, in verse 27, Whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. Now let me make something very clear here tonight. The Lord's Supper is not to be taken lightly. We're not to enter into this on Tuesday night uh, uh, with uh, just an, uh, an, an, uh, an unholy look. We're, we're to look at this. This is a, a very important time in your life and in the life of the church. Now when the Bible speaks of eating unworthily, the fact is tonight all of us are unworthy in and of ourselves. Our worthiness is not in our own righteousness. Our righteousness are as filthy rags. Our worthiness is because of what we remembered, the broken body and the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Our worthiness is the fact that we are justified through Christ. And as Paul the Apostle has stated, I put my sin under the blood of Jesus. And forgetting those things which are behind, looking forward to those things which are ahead. Uh, Paul the Apostle, who had murdered Christians, was able to put his past under the blood of Jesus and begin a new life. Our worthiness is through his blood and through the salvation under the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, verse number 28, he says, But let a man examine himself. This is the inward look. Let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. I think of Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. See if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. We ought to examine ourselves. Let a man examine himself. Am I in the faith? Uh, have I been bought by the blood of Jesus? Have I received the free gift of Christ? 2 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse number 5 says, Let a man examine himself whether he be in the faith. Uh, have you been born again? Are you saved? Uh, am I right with God? Uh, is there known unconfessed sin in my life? It's a time to examine ourselves and put our sin under the blood. Am I living in disobedience or known rebellion to God? Again, I remind you of 1 Corinthians chapter 5. A man in the church living openly in fornication. And Paul says you need to deal with that man. And here's a man that needed to be turned over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh in his own life. Am I right with other Christians? 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Uh, do I hold unforgiveness, unbitter or bitterness, uh, grudges in my heart? There were divisions, schisms in this local church. Am I right with other Christians? In verse number 29, he says, For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. And he says, For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. Uh, there were evidently some within the church at Corinth as it came time for the Lord's Supper took it lightly. They were not dealing with sin. Uh, they were not dealing and observing the Lord's Supper in a proper manner or a proper fashion. Uh, they were not being honest with God. We're not being honest with others. And uh, Paul says, because of this, there are many of you God has chastened, God or chastened, God has disciplined in your life. And he says, some even sleep. Uh, 
among you. In other words, uh, their lives were cut short because of the abuse of the Lord's Supper here in the city of Corinth. In verse number 31, he says, For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. And that's very important. See, the Lord's Supper is an opportunity to let the Spirit of God examine our hearts to judge ourselves. Now, uh, there are some that have, have taken this approach. Well, boy, that's, that's so serious. I, I need not to observe. I need not to be a part of that. I, I believe it's just the opposite. See, it's a time for you to get right with God. It's not a time for you to uh, put this off and say, well, I don't want to deal with the sin of my life. No, God gives this time for church members to deal with sin in their lives. And let me just state this. I, I believe it's, it's wrong and it's sinful not to deal with the sin and not dealing with the sin than not to observe the Lord's Supper. And we need to come. We're commanded to observe it. And we're commanded to let the Spirit of God deal with our heart. We're commanded to judge ourselves. And God said if we would judge ourselves, then we would not be judged in that sense of the Lord. Now, I'm grateful tonight that I serve a Jesus that loves me. And I serve a Jesus that spanks me. I serve a Jesus that will not allow me to get out of his will without spanking me. I'm grateful for his spankings in my life. Uh, I shared with my children uh, many times, uh, because I love you, I'm going to have to discipline you. Uh, my dad used to share that with me and my thought at that time, Daddy, if you loved me, you wouldn't do this. But I look back upon this now and I realize that my daddy loved me. And I'm grateful for the discipline of my dad. It was always in love. Daddy never uh, disciplined in anger. It was always in love. And he had the, the right attitude and the right uh, uh, means of discipline. And I thank the Lord for that discipline. And that's how God disciplines in our life. He loves us. And he's willing to spank us in order that we would be right with him. And so he gives us this opportunity there's a look at the past, that backward look, and a, and a look at the present. Uh, there's that inward look. Go back with me, verse 26. Uh, there's a look at the future. It's an upward look. He says, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, notice, you do show the Lord's death till he come. Do you realize as we come together on Tuesday night to observe the Lord's Supper, we're showing are picturing the Lord's death, and he says, until we come, till he comes. So we're looking forward. We're looking to the return of Jesus Christ. It's an opportunity for us, and I'll be honest with you, there, there are times, and I go through life, and I really did not think that this may be the day that the Lord might come. I'm not reminded in my own heart, as often as I should be, that my Jesus is coming back for me. Now, I want you to go back, keep your place, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, but go back with me to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 24. I believe this is very important for us to walk each day of our lives as if this might be the day of the Lord's return. In Matthew 24, verse number 36, the Word of God reads, But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. We don't know when Jesus is coming back. But as, it, as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days of Noah that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, just going about the normal affairs of life, until the day that Noah entered into the ark. And knew not until the flood came and took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. 
then there then shall be two, two be in a field, and the one shall be taken, and the other left. Two women shall be grinding at the mill, the one shall be taken, and the other left. He says, Watch therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord doth come. But know this, that if the good man of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Therefore be ye also ready, for in such an hour as ye think not, the Son of Man cometh. He talks about this day that two would be in the field. Uh, the trumpet will sound, one will be taken, one will be left. This speaks of a rapture. And there comes a day when my Jesus is coming back again. And friends, those that are saved will go to be with the Lord. And those that are lost are going to be left behind to enter into the tribulation and the judgment of God here upon this earth. We ought to day by day be reminded as we come together Tuesday night. We're looking forward to the return of Jesus Christ. My Jesus is coming back again. Now, the Bible tells us that when he returns, we know not what we shall be, but we know this, that we shall be like him. And he says, everyone that hath this hope in him purifieth his own heart, even as he also is pure. And so this return of Christ is a purification aspect. And we look forward, or we might call it an upward look. I was thinking of a Brother Fox, and he was telling me one day as they were in Haiti, uh, and he said uh, they had a practice in, in Haiti they, they, uh, that, that particular year in their homeschooling. Uh, they were looking forward to the return of Christ, and so day by day uh, they would remind themselves. And so they had this practice, and every morning uh, during their devotions they would go outside. And he said, all right, girls, go out. Are there any clouds? And the girls would come back and report. And, and they would say, maybe that's the cloud that Jesus is going to come back on. And he said that was their constant reminder of the return of Jesus Christ. And we need that. And so Tuesday night, we have the upward look. Uh, this thought of Jesus returning for us. Now let me give you just briefly another thought tonight. I think very important Look at verse 33. I want to call this a look around or an outward look. He states in verse number 33, Whereby or wherefore, my brethren, when you come together to eat, tarry one for another. He says, If any man hunger, let him eat at home, that you come not together unto condemnation, and the rest will I set in order when I come. Now, again, reminds you, he's speaking to this church, to a local church. And the church is important to Christ. He shed his blood for the church. The church is his body. Uh, his blood was given, and he gave himself for it. Now, let me give this thought tonight as we come to Tuesday night. Every member of Valley Bible Baptist Church has a responsibility. We're a family. And he says, when you come together, brethren, he says, tarry one for another, speaking to the church. And he said, if any man hunger, let him eat at home, that you come not together unto condemnation. See, as a family, together we have responsibilities. And I think it's interesting that in chapter 12, he goes into this body and he shows that within this body, the Lord has put all of us from different backgrounds and different gifts. And he's put us together in one body to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. 
And within this body, he speaks of unity. You go back to chapter 11 and verse number 18. Chapter 11, verse 18, he makes this statement for, first of all, when you come together, notice this, in the church, I hear that there be divisions among you, and I partly believe it. And it's evident as this church comes together, they are to consider this aspect of unity, and they're to be willing to be right and to deal with the divisions amongst themselves. In chapter 12, as he speaks of this family, of this body, he speaks of this commitment to this family. I want to give a few thoughts. Look at verse number 20 of chapter 12. He says, but now are they many members, yet but one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of thee, nor again to the head, the feet, I have no need of you. Nay, much more those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. What he's saying is every part of the body is important. You are important to Valley Bible Baptist Church. God puts you in this body. You have an important part within this body. And you're not to say to any other part of the body, I have no need of you. You need this body and the body needs you. That's what the Lord is expressing in this context. Uh, he speaks here of care for this family in verse 26. And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it. Or one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. There is this care within this family. Uh, he speaks in verse 25 that there be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. And the testimony of this body, the care of this body, is very, very important. I read the, the story, the account of a, of a local church that was preparing for their Lord's Supper service. It was a special time within that church, as it is for Valley Bible Baptist Church. About one week before the observance of the Lord's Supper, a man came to the pastor. And this man expressed, he said, Preacher, and with a broken heart. He said, Preacher, there has been some sin in my life. Uh, there has been some failure. And he said, because of my sin and because of this failure, he said, news of this is going to come out into the open. And he says, when it comes out, it's going to be very harmful to this local body, to this church. And he says, I know that we are going to observe the Lord's Supper. And he says, Preacher, I've been wrong. And, uh, he's, and it was very evident this man was repentant and he had made things right and he had done his very best in repentance and, and making things uh, in a proper way dealing with this issue. They came to the night of the Lord's Supper in that church. And the pastor said he did something a little different than he has normally done. And he gave an opportunity for some of the people to speak. And he said this man came forward and asked permission to speak just a few words. And this man with a broken heart spoke to that church. And he says, church, I have a confession to make. He said, there has been some sin in my life. And it's been wrong. And God has convicted me. And I've made it right. And I've asked his forgiveness. But he said, because of my sin, it's going to put a blot upon the church. And he says, church, I need to ask your forgiveness. And he made that right. And it was stated that night, one of the sweetest Lord's Supper services they'd ever had. Uh, that night there was weeping. 
uh, people got right with each other. They got right with the Lord Jesus Christ. And as they observed that Lord's Supper service that night and in just that spirit of unity, and that spirit of purity, that spirit of being willing to make things right. Friends, that's what the Lord's Supper is all about. And so there is this, this look around, this look at the body. Uh, we look back to what Jesus did. And we come together with that thought. Uh, we look within and uh, we judge ourselves. Uh, we look upward. Jesus is coming back. But we look around and our responsibility and our commitment to this body. And this local church and this ordinance is an important time in the life of Valley Bible Baptist Church. Uh, friend, I'm thoroughly convinced of this tonight. That any... Uh, church, any person that's willing to get right, willing to judge ourselves, we can have revival. We can have a movement of God. Uh, I long and my prayer is that this church will be a lighthouse to this valley and that others would see the reality of Jesus through what God does here at Valley Bible Baptist Church. I think often of Acts 11 verse 26, they were called Christians first at Antioch. I, I want others to be able to look at Valley Bible Baptist and say, those folks are real. Those folks love like Jesus loves. Those folks live like Jesus lives. They're real Christians. And that's the testimony I want for my family, for my life, for this church, Valley Bible Baptist Church. And the Lord's Supper gives us that opportunity to do business in that aspect. Heads bowed and eyes closed.